Welcome everybody to TRB Live. That's right. This is the Resistance Broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, a very special episode, uh, because this is our winter 2024 edition of the State of Star Wars. But the first time, I believe, I'm not an archivist of this podcast. The first time I believe we've ever done the State of Star Wars live. So it should be very interesting with comments from the chat and even seeing what we're getting into. And of course, Ask the Resistance live later, maybe even based on stuff we talk about. But we're glad you're here. Uh, I'm John. With me as always, James and Lacey. James, back in the mix. uh, Feeling better. Back on the horse um, or whatever they call a horse in Star Wars. What were those things in the Rise of Skywalker? Oh, well, Father in, in Last Jedi, but I was thinking about those horses that they had on the uh, on the uh, Star Destroyers. Oh, in, uh, yeah. Orbacks? Orbacks. Orbacks. Yeah, and Lacey Gillerin, as always, in the mix, back at it. Uh, so it's good to see both of you. Uh, and we have a lot to talk about on this episode. Uh, now, we don't share notes about how we feel about the state of Star Wars, so what you're going to see on this episode is pretty organic and going to be the first time we each hear our thoughts as how we feel about the, the franchise's standing today. Um, but we also have Ask the Resistance later, so if you do have questions you want on the show, use in the chat, hashtag Ask the Resistance for your question. And of course, Super Chats, light speed you right to the top of the list. And it supports the show. So thank you for those. Uh, but more importantly, we hope you have a good time. Uh, whether you're listening on your favorite podcast app or you're with us live on YouTube or watching after on YouTube, thank you very much for being with us today. Tell your friends. Spread the word. TRB is a good time. If you like Star Wars and you like having a good time, we're a good place to be. Um, all right. So James and Lacey, let's get into this first thing before the state of Star Wars. Can now, I say been- one thing quickly? Yes, you can. A few things so, if you want to. Yes. I I am not an archivist of TRB, but I'm pretty sure we did the State of Star Wars live in the fall because I requested to do it live because I was going through the baby stuff. So I'd requested, can we do it live so I could be a part of it? So we've already done it live? All right. In the fall. I guess we did a good job. <laughs> All right. So, so good this, that you don't remember. This is the I don't remember what I had for lunch today. So <laughs> This is the second live state of Star Wars. Uh, and and what's better in Star Wars than the second? Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> Attack of the Clones, Mando. The, sec- the second one is always the best. Yeah. Uh, is it? Is it no, I know. That's what John is saying. I'm just teasing. I'm trying. <laughs> trying. All right. All right. Already, already caught once. Okay. Well, now the rest, of, the rest of my performance tonight is going to be flawless. So that's great. I only right. know that because I asked specifically for that. I request Special it. request. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. We do, we do need like an archivist. We've had 8,000 episodes of this podcast. So um, we are coming up on 700 though. Um, but mm-hmm. for this episode tonight, we're going to start things off uh, once again by talking about Daisy Ridley. And it's always, it's always a gift when a Star Wars actor of past and obviously now future as well, uh, is working on another movie because they will always be asked about Star Wars. And Josh Horowitz pulled no punches and got in it with Daisy Ridley on his podcast. Um, Talked about the feedback to The Rise of Skywalker, how she was upset by the reaction, but it didn't change how she felt about it. She enjoyed the movie. She enjoyed the experience. But there was one specific thing he wanted to ask her about 
And I believe we are going to take an actual look and listen at what was talked about. Mm-hmm. Nope. Sorry. No the sound. <laughs> specific thing I wanted to ask about for the Rise of Skywalker. Where were you at on the on the kiss moment? Were you like, this is going to work? Or like, are we really doing this? Well, we did one without. Yeah. Um, where was I with it? And do you remember where Adam was? Like, was everybody in sync? Like, okay, like, or we're just going to try this if it well, works. Well, actually, great. Adam had to like rap and literally got up from that scene, which was like so emotional and everything. It was like, bye guys, <laughs> I'm going to New York. Um, so that was. Yeah, he literally uh, kissed you off. But... Yeah. <laughs> he was like, see you later. Yeah. Um, I felt like we all, it felt earned. Yeah. And what was interesting, again, I think it's like intentionality. My feeling in that moment was it was a goodbye. Yeah. So it, that felt earned. Because, I mean, you could call a kiss a thousand things, but I felt like it was a goodbye. And that whole scene felt so emotional. And I felt like I was saying goodbye to the job. And, oh God, yeah. and then actually we had to pick up something that was missed. So on my very, very, very last... In fact, no one knows this. On my very, very, very last day, mm. and we were doing various pickups and stuff, uh, I had to literally sit and look, and the camera was like coming away from me and I would guess I was looking at him uh and I JJ was like you good literally immediately started like crying my eyes out because it really felt like goodbye yeah yeah Hmm. wow all right so Hmm. Lacey uh you were were a big proponent we're gonna start with you you're a big proponent of the romance between Kylo Ren Ray Ben Solo whatever you Mm -hmm. want to say uh what are your thoughts on how she reviewed it, and the fact that they also did a, a version without a kiss, uh, and in addition to the other reveal she had at the end about mm-hmm. uh, the pickup shots. What are your thoughts on all this? I think Daisy's very good at handling the press. I think Daisy does a really good job giving answers that doesn't get her, that don't get her in trouble, that doesn't upset anybody. She's always very middle of the road. She says yes and no. Um, she did this with the whole kind of when she was on, I think it was either, it was either Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon, one of the two. And she was asked about, uh, like the Kenobi stuff and all that. And she was kind of just like, oh, that's what it was, but I'm happy with where it's going. Like, she's just very middle of the road. My thoughts here are that it doesn't surprise me that they did both takes because it seems like from what everybody said, including J.J. Abrams, they were making a lot of changes up until the last minute. I mean, they had Adam Driver recording lines in a closet in New York City after he had pieced out. So it's it's not surprising that they did multiple takes with two different outcomes. I'm sure that happens all the time in the movies, and I'm sure people have actually talked about that before, of not knowing what ending they're going to go with. That being said, I think for me, I agree with her that it was earned. I think that everybody knew it was coming in a sense, but I don't think it was handled well. Because saying that you knew it was a goodbye is not true because Ray didn't know that he was going to die. Like he didn't say anything. It's not like he's like, I gave you my life, life force. I love you. Bye. Like he, he didn't say anything. <laughs> he just died. So it's kind of hard to argue for the, oh, it felt like a goodbye. Now, from her perspective as the person in the movie, and this is one of the last scenes they recorded together, yes, that is a goodbye. That's a goodbye to Adam. That's a goodbye to their experience together. I don't know how I feel about her saying, oh, it's a goodbye to these two characters because how was the character going to know that he was supposed to die? She looks very shocked when he disappears. 
because mm. it's also been called a thank you. So yeah. I don't know. Is it a thank you? Is it going to yeah. goodbye? Is this the first time we've heard goodbye? Yes. Yeah. I thought so we've too, but I was like, before. man, surely someone's encountered this before. Did she say thank you? Who said thank you? Someone said it JJ. was a thank you. JJ said it was a kiss of thank you. Or no, the, no, the, no, no. The novelist of The Rise of Skywalker wrote it in the book as though it was a right. kiss of gratitude. I apologize. And yes. she was torn apart by a she certain won't. section of fans. It was JJ um, that said it was a rightfully friendly so. kiss. I'm sorry. That's, that's right? a weird. Uh, yes, because it's a weird thing to be like, someone saves your life. Let me make out with you. Like, that's just a weird thing to say. Like, the goodbye to me makes more sense. Like, she's like, oh, this is coming to an end. I love you, kiss. Like, it doesn't mean like, hey, thanks for doing this. Imagine Daisy's. Imagine what would have happened if Daisy answered that question with, I approached it as we're going to get married or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. Oh, well, it would have been wild. She's was... like sitting there like, if you think about what the force could do, I could be pregnant. <laughs> like, it's like all this. Oh. Well, like, no, the... don't say that. <laughs> yeah, the funny times. thing about that, though, is that she also knew. So this is why I'm saying it's from her perspective, because yeah. she did know it was a goodbye, because if Adam wrapped and left, she knows that Adam's not in that last celebration scene. Where everyone's like, hooray, we did it. High fives, hugs, yay. We defeated the bad people. Like she knows he's not there because he had to go back to New York. So I just feel like the goodbye is coming from a sense of her own perspective and not necessarily from race, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I hate to go back and rewatch the clip, but is she sort of saying like she felt this way from her as a person? Because I believe the question That's was how I kind of like, how do you feel about the kiss happening as, in character? I took wise. it as for her, she filmed it with the mindset that Ray was doing it as a goodbye. That's how character I character wise. Yeah. yeah, I think it could be taken which either did, way, and that's which, where it makes it a little tricky. I know, and Lacey brings up a good point. It's like it really doesn't make sense as a goodbye because unless unless it's something like where she knows that she's only alive because he gave his life force, like that. Like she just got brought back to life, and she's like, "Oh my god, he just gave me his life force." She's and it's not it. stated on on so, but maybe but she that's looks so shocked what the direction when he dies. Of the, she, I know, yeah. Like well, she I mean, genuinely, like <laughs> even even if you know it's gonna happen, you're 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 there in the moment the person's alive. You just kiss them, and then the person dies. It it's still also, could be shocking. I, I and I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say Daisy Ridley's like lying or anything like that, but she's also very smart. And like Lacey, you said, like she knows how to handle the media. I think she also knows the temperature of the fan base and certain things that people are very uh, passionate about. And if she said anything to the effect of, I thought it was going to be happily ever after. I thought, you know, Ray thought it was going to be happily ever after. It would have, people would have been, sending more death threats to J.J. Abrams, who she loves. So, so she, here's the thing. She they could have come with a safer answer, which is, it was. I thought it was a goodbye, you know? Sure, but they kiss, they smile at each other, and they're like touching each other's faces like, we did it. And then he right. dies, and she go, she falls backwards, and then she's like, wait, what? And then he disappears. So right. that's why I'm like, okay, but then if you're saying it's a goodbye, which again, it's her perspective, it doesn't make sense that they'd be like, oh my God, we did it. Smile, smile, smile. Oh, wait, what's happening? Yeah, I think she might have just been skating safely in answering this question. I think so too. Yeah. But it's not the wrong answer either. 
Do you guys subscribe to thank you? Do you think that's where you're at as far as what makes sense for the story? Why would Ray kiss him like that as a thank you? I don't know. (laughs) If she's thanking him, she's got to kiss Finn. She's got to kiss Luke Skywalker. (laughs) Isn't a kiss a kiss on the cheek is more of a thank you? Yes. Like if you think about movies in the past, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. Probably I think it happens in Goonies or something. Yeah, Goonies. Where they get to the end and he gets the kiss on the cheek as someone like from the girl of the movie that's like not his girlfriend, mm-hmm. but it's like the girl he idolizes. She gives him a kiss on the cheek and he's like, yay, I did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the way I sort of take it is like it, because of Last Jedi, it makes it very much seem like there is a romantic tension between the two of them. And mm-hmm. I think when she's in that moment and and for the past like year, all she's thinking about was, oh my God, I, 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 I really like that person, but he's so bad and I wish he would freaking switch sides. When he finally does switch sides and they defeat everything and she's caught up in that moment, she's like, this is it. He did it and we're here and everything. And like, maybe this is the sign that we're, we are supposed to be together or something. So she, mm-hmm, she's, mm-hmm. she is romantically attracted to him. So she leans in, she kisses him and he's like, cool because he's probably to some degree thinking the same thing (laughs) but that and then i when you wrap that up it's like if if that exact scenario happened to me i like how do you phrase that in an in a non-awkward way unless like i was just so happy that we like we did it together you know unless unless (laughs) the kiss was so bad for him that it killed him he looked like he enjoyed it very much. It's like Romeo and Juliet. Like I'm just the poison on the lips was yeah. just enough to. <laughs> it's like Padme died from sadness and Ben Solo died from a bad kiss. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think she was playing it safe because uh, I think if she said anything in that touches happily ever after, there would have been uh, pitchforks outside of J.J. Abrams' house. But uh, so... <laughs> But I, 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 I like that, you know, she's talking about it. I like that she was defending the movie. I like that she said she disagreed. It didn't change her point of view on the movie. Yeah. Um, but that she was upset that she felt uh, like she may have let people down. She's just very earnest. And I, she's just very easy to root for, you know. And so in the end of that, out of all this, that's that's how I might take away from Daisy anyway. Um, any other thoughts on that before we uh, really kick things off? <laughs> I just truly appreciate how Daisy Ridley's willing to, she's not afraid of silence. Like she's willing to sit there and be like, let me think about this while I give you an actual good She always answer. does the look up. Yeah. Yeah. She's done she that even said in that, she goes, how did I feel? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't <laughs> think she back. rushes to whatever the PR answer is or whatever the easy answer is. I think she genuinely thinks about questions that are asked. I bet. Which I, I appreciate I, I'm not a body language, you know, expert, and I those people are like so good at what they do. But when he asked her, her her eyes darted down to the left as though like when you are uncomfortable. I think she probably doesn't love being asked. Isn't up to the left lying? That's what the FBI says. Like up you, to the left, she she think, looked down to the left, which to me she just looked like it was like oh no. <laughs> I feel yeah, like I that think- is a is a thing. The, the up to the left one, Lacey, I think that's one of those things that they have like they said or we all knew and then they've since like dismissed like, no, that is not true. That's not accurate. Maybe. I don't know. 
but I but definitely there is body language stuff. Google and, tells me that um, glancing to your left, immediately glancing to your left suggests you were remembering facts or having visual thoughts. So she was looking. She was thinking back. She was reflecting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, yeah, the only the only we didn't you mentioned it very quickly, John, but like defending the movies like I I did think that was kind of interesting to watch her reaction to like like how um someone like ourselves like we we like the Star Wars movies. We know there are people who really hate them, but generally if people ask us like what do you think of the Star Wars movies? I'm like, "Well, I think the fan reception is the Force Awakens was kind of accepted. Like, wow, that was actually pretty good. And then the second one, very divisive. The third one, very divisive, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I just liked her real answer because it, she didn't, she did state that, that it doesn't change her opinion of the films. Yeah. But it was really cool to see that she is aware that, like, yeah, I think that's exactly how it was. It was just, I, you know... I think he's not I, like completely in the blind. Like, oh, I know it sucks that everybody hated it. It's like, no, not everybody hated it, you know. And and if she said the opposite, like, oh, we're really proud of the movies. We love it. We're glad there are so many fans out there that love it too. And it's like, well, you know, you got to be aware of both. And I think she really drew the line perfectly. It's like, yeah, I think that's pretty much universally how it is. I mm-hmm. I think seven John Boyega and Daisy Ridley specifically. We know others. Eunice Huthart called jj the love of her life you know i think those two are ride or die jj like they will never speak poorly of him they will defend him to he the gave end. him their break basically. yeah and i think that they both favor his movies over eight not to say you know anything about eight in a you know in a bubble or in a vacuum or anything like that but i think um they are jj people um based on interviews and stuff but anyway it is it is (laughs) it is time to for the second time live (laughs) get into the state of star wars so let's fire up that discussion obi-wan once thought as you do all right every season we like to take the time we have on the podcast to have an open discussion about the state of the franchise. So now it is time for the winter 2024 edition of the state of star Wars. Um, we usually don't start with toys, but I gotta say that the email we got showing the new Hasbro stuff, uh, is what I've been hoping they would do forever, which is Mm -hmm. four inch figures, uh, moderately priced that parents would be willing to buy for their kids and have enough so that you could buy a few so they could actually make a story and play with them. And it's called like the Epic Hero uh, version, Lacey. I forget what it's called. but Yep, it's called the Epic Hero series. I can Epic give you a little Hero info. Series. Yeah. So Hasbro Star Wars Galaxy of Toys expanding in 2024 with a new 4-inch Epic Hero series figures on shelves now. The line kicks off in the spring with an iconic lineup of favorite characters inspired by the films, series, and stories that have captured imaginations for nearly 50 years. Each figure in this epic hero series assortment comes with their signature accessory. Kids looking, so this is definitely tailored towards kids, kids looking to gear up their figures a little more can purchase the deluxe epic heroes figures like Paz Vizsla. Um, So right now they have the Mandalorian, Darth Vader, Grogu, uh, Luke Skywalker, Ahsoka Tano, Stormtrooper, Paz Vizsla, and Sabine Wren. And they 
all are $9.99. That's right, $9.99. And the deluxe versions are $14.99, which is absolutely reasonable for parents and people that are going to Target with their children to be like, yep, you could pick out one toy. It's not going to break the bank. Um, right. I-, I was pumped when I got this email from Hasbro. I was like, finally. I've been saying this with roundtables to them. Like, I specifically asked them a question like, how are you getting children into collecting about two, three roundtables ago? And they were saying how, you know, they always consider younger fans. Um, so hopefully this was has been in the kind of pipeline for a while now, but it's nice to know that they are listening to fans because the three of us and me in the roundtables have been saying this to Hasbro. Yeah. And it's, you know, looking at the packaging, like the first thing I noticed when I like opened up the high res images, I'm like, this looks like inviting. It looks like, you know, black series are cool. And I know like people collected them forever and it looks like everyone tried to like just sell off their collections. I don't know, but it's like dark and it, it doesn't feel fun. It's black and red. Yeah. yeah. They almost look like, expensive. And these look like toys. These look like, yeah, they're vibrant colors. They're bright. They remind me of the Power of the Force. They're the same size. So if you have mm-hmm. old Power of the Force figures or you buy like a lot of them on Facebook, you can buy a couple of these and like actually play with them. And they're like the same size. Like, I think this is the move. And it, it I don't know why they've waited so long for this. So I wanted to just start there. We don't have to spend too much time on it. But I think it's uh, the best move Hasbro's made in a very long time. And it's so funny because it's just like sort of a back to basics type of thing. And I think sometimes when there's pressure on a company and they they just keep trying to like come up with the next new thing as opposed to being like, what worked before? And it seems like they're finally going back to that. And I hope this is a sign of things to come because this is the way to not to use for this is the way but (laughs) i agree Lacey. this is the way to get kids back in the mix parents will be more willing to spend you know maybe buy two or three of these instead of one black series figure you know so my uh, i I think it's the move yeah my one concern is that they're all available this spring at walmart exclusively um which i understand the appeal there because there's many walmarts in the u.s for people to get these from but at the same time i know collectors have not had good um, kind of it, times with Walmart getting figures because they either run out of them or they don't have, you mm. know, they can't find them. So I'm just hoping that these being kind of affordable figures, they're not all snatched up by all the collectors. I'm uh, sure there's yeah. enough to go around, but I just hope that some of these do make it into the hands of some kids. I don't like the I have a, thing. I don't like. That. I have a friend who's a toy guy, and he's like, "I hate that I have to do this, but the only way to get toys is to make friends with people at Target." And it's mm. like, it's funny you, you say know. that, James, because I am not kidding. When I was looking for the uh, Star Wars Destiny figure dolls, which I have them all, and I've been holding on to them because Daisy will eventually get old enough to play with them. When I went to go find them at Target. I remember I went to kind of the toy section, which is next to the electronic section. And I went to the electronic guy because they are supposed to be out. And I said, hey, do you happen to have these dolls? And he has one of those like little key fob things or like the little uh, scanner yeah. that they carry around. So he looked it up on a scanner and he goes, yeah, we actually have them. They're in the back. And he goes, let me go get some for you or go find one. So I'm standing there waiting and he comes back with this guy who's like the toy guy, the toy area guy. And I guess didn't the toy guy doesn't realize that I'm the person that's waiting for this. 
He just assumes he's coming into the area. He doesn't know I'm the person. And he literally out loud goes, you're not supposed to tell them when we have toys to the mm -hmm. electronics person who I'm assuming is a newer guy. Mm -hmm. He was also very friendly. So I'm assuming he's new because he hasn't been broken down by the general public yet. <laughs> he was very nice and friendly, but the toy guy was like out loud was like, you don't tell them when we have stuff. Like they don't are. I yeah. saw in the chat, Lacey, Andrew Staley. Oh, what's up, buddy? Put they're on mm -hmm. Amazon and they are. You can all get them all. Oh, perfect. So I apologize, Andrew. I'm reading from their press release that they sent us. So it says available exclusively at Walmart. Yeah, you can pop so, in there, fire up. Uh, you can get Paz Vizsla on Prime. Uh, that Paz Vizsla is awesome. <laughs> yeah. We may have to. <laughs> He's got flames some, coming out the back of these up for, for a giveaway or something. These are cool. I would love that. I yeah. would love that. But only a kid can win. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All our <laughs> listeners are like, shut up, Lazy. They're going to be like, hi, ah, uh, first time listener of TRP. <laughs> <laughs> well, people have kids. But um, yeah, no, it, James, I totally agree with you. It's it's bizarre that like you have to be in, especially like with stuff like this, where they get these collectibles from Target. And I'll never forget, like with The Last Jedi, how cutthroat it was with these scalpers this for that midnight sale where I went and I remember I went to get like a couple figures for people. They weren't even for me. And I got physically shoved out of the way by a dude. To really? Get figures to get the executioner stormtrooper. I got shoved out of the way. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm looking at the, the Darth Vader one and it's just like I, the simplicity of it. Like the, the cover, all it says is Darth Vader. It doesn't say like Darth Vader with super you know extended lightsaber thing. it's just like it's darth vader and then on the back it's like that classic like description of what he's the character's about it's just they're back to basics and i think these are going to do well and i think and they look great i think i these, like the art the art the packaging it. looks really great this is they yeah they finally got it but hasbro i've been dumping on you for years bravo bravo <laughs> i love it hasbro More i have not been dumping on you and bravo <laughs> yeah um <laughs> <laughs> right okay uh so anything else on toys before we uh open things up to other thoughts on what's going on with star wars not really i mean i look forward to seeing what comes this year with the once we get a little bit more info on what i think the streaming outlook is i think once we get that idea which is what hasbro kind of bases their release schedule on we'll mm. get a better understanding of what's coming what's to come yeah i mean if this is the sign of things to come then and things are looking good. So I know they've been under a lot of heat lately and there's been rumors of, you know, issues with cuts and, you know, all that. So if if this is their Hail Mary, uh, they got a touchdown, in my opinion. So well, I, when I looked on Amazon, it looks like they also have a Marvel version of this, the Epic Hero series. Uh, gonna, well, no. what I'm saying is like the packaging was very similar and the characters look kind of similar at art style and stuff too. So I imagine that this probably, they probably tried this with Marvel first actually. And, or cause I don't think it was announced at the same time, but I think they're seeing the same trends across fandoms. Yeah. But like where it worked. you have kids that want, yeah, kids that yeah. want superhero figures and they're getting kind of bought out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Very good there. Um, now on to other thoughts on the state of Star Wars. Obviously, um, we have a little bit more of an understanding of what's going on with the movies. Uh, since we did the last state of Star Wars a few months ago, obviously we have the Mandalorian and the Grogu movie. 
announced and that is going to be the next Star Wars movie. So I'll just say overall, I'm feeling more positive. I know I was, I, I believe in the fall, I, I had a positive outlook as well, but um, now even more so because of the movies and anytime movies are ahead of us for Star Wars. And I know what people are going to say, like, well, we don't know if they're actually going to make these or, you know what? And I, I understand that. Um, I'm, I'm sticking with my optimism here, especially with John Favreau, that that Mandalorian and Grogu movie is going to be happening and is going to be coming out in two years. So that always just makes me feel better as a Star Wars fan. I think Star Wars fandom also is really healthy when we get to have fun speculating on things about the movies or if like a toy comes out or a Lego series comes out. And what if there's, you know, uh, a Lego series and and someone catches something about a new ship that the Mandalorian is going to have. That type of stuff is what brings people together. So I think that Mando movie coming out, Favreau at the helm uh, has really vaulted my confidence in the return to theaters and that in general just star wars getting back into movies and into the theaters is making me feel good about the state of the franchise how about you guys go ahead james um actually i feel a little differently um shocker i (laughs) well i think that if you're asking me to be confident in Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm, as far as like they know what they're doing and they're handling things properly. I like it when there's, there's mystery and we don't know what's going on. And we're like, why aren't they telling us anything? And then they come out and they're like, here's what we've been working on. Boom, 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 boom. But this Mandalorian movie feels very in the background. Like they don't know what they're doing. And people are like, just do something. And then they're like, I guess we'll just do a Mandalorian movie. Like we're going to switch up the scripts and uh, push this out first. It, it it feels like it's not that I'm not excited to see the thing on the big screen or something along those lines, but it reads very confused um, and grasping at straws for something to work. And Mm -hmm. I'm excited for more content nonetheless, but An announcement like that feels very confused and it makes it, I think it's even lowers my confidence just a little bit more with Lucasfilm. Even though it's Favreau? That he doesn't have anything. I mean, he doesn't have anything to do with the decision to make the movie. That was not part of it. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that the people ahead of him, like he wasn't part of that and then they were like we need something would you do a movie and he's like yeah i'll do a movie but it's like i know but that's not his he's not part of the decision making he was asked i don't think he came in and pitched it i think you're right that they came to him and he said yes let's do it but if he said no they're not making a mandalorian movie so it is ultimately on favreau I yeah, but th- I think that's something different than what I'm describing. I'm describing okay. l- the Lucasfilm and Disney like um, planning people who are like, we know what we're doing and we we have this vision, we're sticking to it, and it, it feels like that's kind of falling apart. And there's people saying you need to make something work, and they're like, ah, I guess we'll do a Mandalorian movie. Let's try it. Let's go see if John uh, it, he'd be down to do it, and it all worked out. And so they're like, yeah, we'll do that and we'll push that out but it feels disorganized to me. It doesn't feel like they've been really planning this for a long time and they're excited to bring it. I don't think it's they've like, been planning for a long time. 
that's my point is it feels rushed. It feels like a random decision that is fine. I'm okay with it happening, but it doesn't boost my confidence in their ability to like lead and know the direction that they're going. It seems like they're like racing and, and, and trying to catch up or, or figure out a solution. Yeah, I agree. I think they're being reactive more than proactive, but that's kind of been Lucasfilm's whole <laughs> like mantra over the past few years is right. reactive more than proactive. Yeah. I am super pumped for the Mando and Grogu movie. I'm overjoyed for the Ray movie. Everybody knows that. I was crying when it got announced. I'm so excited mm -hmm. for that. The Mangled movie, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, the Filoni movie, I think is going to be great. I think he's really proved himself with all the stuff he's ever done, but especially with Ahsoka. I think he knocked it out of the park with that one, with that series. So I, I agree with J James where he's coming from, or James where you're coming from. I don't mean to mm -hmm. talk about you in the third person. Uh, where James <laughs> yeah. is coming from in the sense of, uh, it just seems a little chaotic because it was, you know, the saga series was happening, which itself was a little on the chaotic side, you know, switching directors and writers and all these other things. And we're not sure what's going on and what the character, who's coming back, who's not yeah. coming back. We're making decisions last minute, which happens. But then going into the what's next for Star Wars, it very much was, okay, Ryan's directing. Okay, Taika's directing. Okay, we're going to bring in Benioff and Weiss. No, no, we're not. Uh, we're also going to do a Lando series. No, we're not. We're going to actually do a movie now. Um, it just seems very all over the place. And I think that's due to the fact that the world itself has kind of been all over the place for the past few years between COVID, uh, getting back from COVID, <laughs> figuring what's going to happen now. Then the strikes happen. So they have to rework everything. I think the Mandalorian Grogu movie was a 100% reaction to the strikes. I think they need to make money. I think they need to get into the movies sooner rather than later. And they're banking on something that they know is going to bring people in the theater. I, yeah, I, I think the strikes could have definitely been a part of it. Um, I just think it's Bob Iger is like, wait a minute. What, what are we, what are we doing? Like, I know I was the Disney plus guy and I was leaving saying like, here's our new, the future and stuff, but it's like, they're not making money on star Wars on Disney plus and subscriber counts aren't going up so they're like we could either just bleed out this golden nugget we have aka grogu and the mandalorian on disney plus and just hope people are subscribing for that show as we put millions and millions of dollars into producing that season or we get a guy who's made three to four billion gro uh, billion dollar grossing movies and have him bring it on the big screen so and, and then like you brought up the Lando series being made to movie. It's like, I'm just realizing now they're like, they're doing a total shift. It's not just the Mandalorian. They're right. Like, but I'm saying that shift mm -hmm. didn't happen until the strikes and everything where they needed to make that shift. Uh, yeah. I, I celebration. Agree. They had three movies that they were out front and center with. Favreau was there that weekend. He had his own panels. He was there for skeleton crew, mm -hmm. all that other stuff. Yeah. They could have announced this as well, but they yeah. didn't. And they also pitched the Filoni movie as the Mando verse culmination movie. <laughs> so if they're doing a Mando verse culmination movie, they're now doing it also a Mandalorian and Grogu movie because someone somewhere, which oh, I, I agree. agree with you, John, I totally think it could have happened from the top bottom. Like, you know, the, the guy being like, Hey, we need something. What are you going to do for me? And then it, people are scrambling to come up with something. And Favreau was like, okay, sure. I'll do it. 
But like, ultimately, yeah, it doesn't matter how we got to this point. Sure. We found America. It's like, you know, I, like they've been fumbling for a decade, but they landed on something good in this case. So now that we are here and that movie's being made, I don't care if it was a pivot. I don't care if it was a, well, we're just going to throw our hands up and say, Favreau, save us. It's happening. And it's John Favreau directing a Star Wars movie about the Mandalorian. And that's yes, we've heard this cool. with several other projects, John. So I think as Star Wars fan, we've all collectively been a little nervous that we're like, we'll feel better once this goes into production. Once yeah. this happens, once we see people on set shooting these things, I agree. that's when we're going to feel better. At this point, we can be excited for it, like James is saying, and, and, and be like, hey, and you're saying as well, John, that you're excited that these things are happening. Yeah. I agree. I am too. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of like when you have a friend or a boyfriend or whoever that keeps doing the same stupid stuff over and over and over again, and then they're like, I'm not going to do it again, but I'm going to do, you know, I'm gonna, I promise I'm going to change my ways. And you're like, okay, show me. And they haven't shown you yet. And they're just telling you they're going to do it. Sure. <laughs> That's a good example. Because it's like, what I hear from you right now is good. And that makes me feel better that you really feel bad about what you did and you're going to change your ways. That's yeah. we're, we're at a good place right now. So that's to John's I think point. We're, to my yeah, point we're too all... is I'm like, prove it because it still feels like you yeah. just got caught and you're just telling me right now that yeah. it's it's going to be good, you promise, based on sort of some recent events. And it kind of makes me picture like um, almost like a skit, like a reporter being like trying to get information from, you know, Disney or or Lucasfilm. And, and every time he like thinks he gets a clear answer, he starts to write it down. And then there's like something else like, so the Ray movie is next. Yes. No, wait. <laughs> and then it's like, it's not next. No, Mandalorian I, and Gogu. Just the way decided. I feel about <laughs> it, like, and I'm whoa. honestly okay. the way I feel about it, and I want Brian to do a Photoshop of this. Is I feel like I'm in therapy with Lucasfilm, <laughs> and my therapist is Bob Iger, and I'm like, look, you said you were going to do these things, and you haven't followed through on them, and they're like, don't worry, Lacey, I promise this time I'm going to do it, and I'm like, okay, y this is our relationship right now that you have been building towards that you need to keep up with. And Bob Iger's like, look, you said you're going to do this movie. Are you going to do it? That's this conversation is I so feel. perfectly. <laughs> this is the state of Star Wars. This is where we're at. Well, <laughs> here's the thing, though. I, I'm not talking about a pie bet. I will let both of you smash me in the face with a pie if a John Favreau Mandalorian movie doesn't make it into theaters. There's no return whether it does happen. I think it's going to happen. So. And that's my point, though. Like, mm -hmm. I know it's been like we are in rocky waters and we're not sure what's going to happen. Patty Jenkins, we we have a, a long we have a, a Christmas list of things that just didn't happen. It's oh, over Patty. there. I it's on the wall. Patty. I forgot about Patty. Uh, I forgot about Dre. He was making a movie, I bet. We forgot about everybody. But <laughs> with, the, with the Favreau thing, if this movie was exactly the same and all they said was, Dave Filoni's directing it or someone else is directing it. I would have been like, oh, uh, yeah, I'll we'll see. We'll see if it happens. Wait till we're rolling. But because it's John Favreau and this is his baby from the start and he is one of the most successful directors working today, uh, I am 100% confident in this particular yeah. project. So based on the yeah, based on the quality or the believability of the announcement, it's not like they were saying, <clears throat> you know, Godzilla minus one director will be doing uh, a Dexter 
Jetster movie next yeah. year, you know? Or, and it's like, okay, that, I mean, that sounds neat and I'm excited. It's an officially announced thing, but like, it doesn't sound as confident as saying Mandalorian and Grogu, John Favreau. And that's a solid bet. You know, if Favreau if feel better what, about that one than others, you know, yeah. even, even with his resume and I, I we are going to get to the super chats in just a second, but even with his resume, if he had not done any Star Wars yet and he was announced to do this, I would say it's fair to say we'll see what happens because it's Lucasfilm. But because he created this, it just adds more concrete uh, stability to it. But um, mm-hmm. let's see. Let's check in with the state of Star Wars on these Super Chats. Yes. So first off, we have Christian Morales. What up, Christian, a.k.a. Chris, a.k.a. Christian. What up? He said... The state of Star Wars is easily my favorite episode series. I can't hang, but I wanted to at least show face. Keep up the great work, TRB. Kicks A. <laughs> Parenthesis. Glad you're doing better, James. See you around. Yeah. We'll see you around, man. Thanks, Thank Christian. So Appreciate it, buddy. Chris, Thank uh, you, the Chris next- is a, a general, but his name on our Patreon is Admiral. It's like, you did make up your mind, dude. Like, what are What's you your name? Do? What's your title? What is your yeah. name? What's your title? <laughs> Nobody knows, man. Thanks, buddy. You say yeah, you like love resistance, your- then you dress up like the Empire. I just don't get it. I just <laughs> love your uh, chopper pick. Yeah. Um, the next super chat is from Freezy. Hey man, it wouldn't be a show without you, but it is a question, so I'm gonna hold it till the end. Oh, okay. All right. Thank well, you. We see very you. Much. We see you, Freezy. Thank you both for those super chats. Um, all right, so movies, um, you know, we 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 got into it about Favreau. Uh, the Ray movie, you know, my only thoughts on that is, uh, I'm over the, the vague, um, excitement. Um, so until they start giving us real nuggets of what this is going to be about beyond the premise that Kathleen Kennedy put out about a new Jedi order and a new threat to stop it or whatever. Um, I, I'm not going to, I'm really excited. I'm yeah, excited. yeah, yeah. It's like, happening. I come back if it would, the story wasn't great. Story's so good. Twelve point five million dollars, but um, <laughs> but <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> now, hey, I mean, I let's be it. honest, you know. Yeah. But uh, I, this one is one I, even though I feel like they're they have to be careful with how they handle Daisy Ridley because she is sort of the new Luke Skywalker for this young generation of Star Wars fans. It would be a massive failure if this went under uh because then i don't know if you can come back from that because this is supposed to be her movie her continuation she's the one now it's not uh here's this new character but we also have han luke leia and everyone else it's no the you know the training wheels are off you're the show now it's your show if this stumbles and this doesn't happen i I don't think i don't see how she would come back so it's very important for them to make sure this movie comes to light and i know people who are our age or older are like who cares you know whatever this character but it's like we're not the future the the kids who were five when tfa came out who are now going to be teenagers to go see this movie and rally their friends and be on social media and whatever the next social media app is that i won't even touch they are the ones who are going to be carrying the box office on this so it is very important for that movie to succeed and to come out and 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 not be you know have any issues so i'm a little worried about this one i hope they're able to stick the landing so i don't know how do you guys feel right now uh about the the ray movie with as little as we know about it 
Because I'm just tired of hearing all the vague stuff. I need some concrete stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. I won't she feel good is... about it until they're filming it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She definitely is doing a lot of press, which makes me think, and I, I could be wrong on this, but this is the first... Like, if it got canceled, it would be the only Star Wars project that was announced and canceled that also had cast attached, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe so. Because, like, if they announced that they were going to do Book of Boba Fett Season 2, and then they said they weren't going to do it, then that would classify because we know who the cast is. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is the only one where I think, like, you can put a face more than just, like, a writer, a producer, or a director. I think there's actually, like, you have a cast member walking on stage, like, I'm going to star in the next Star Wars movie, and they're talking about it in media and stuff. And for that to for it to be as, like... Already, this is way more uh, big than um, I'm trying to think of the Patty Jenkins uh, uh, Rogue Rogue Squadron. Squadron. That was announced and they had a video and other stuff like that and people were excited for it. But it did. It still didn't even feel like it had reached Mm. that mass of like, this is happening. Um, Steve Buscemi as much as this already has. And we don't you know, we don't uh, even have a title and a logo and everything for it. I think it, most of that comes back to the fact that Daisy is attached. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think that that might be the only one that uh, that's the case for. So, yeah. Yeah, because the um, other uh, everything else movie wise, like Sean Levy, uh, James Mangold, everything. It's like the only ones that I feel confident about are the John Favreau and Dave Filoni movies followed by the Ray movie. Like she's in the third slot of my confidence mm-hmm. followed by Mangold. Lando, and, sh- and then, well, I guess Lando, but that has that's a test too. Oh, that, that is, is a good a te- point. That is a test. However, yeah, I forgot about I that one. Don't think I don't know. I'm in a weird position with that because it hasn't been officially announced. But neither that's is a Sean Levy. So if that's why I was announced the yeah. show was happening. Yeah, right. That's, yeah. True. that's tough. But that, but that's a good point. That it, that oh, is that, that that would do know who the so cast bad is, yeah. if they don't make the Lando movie. Man, that would suck. And the and here's the difference, though: the one person who is attached to it is usually very standoffish about it. Uh, we're talking, we're working on it. You know, yeah. he's it was his very, brother who was vocal who, yeah. who announced the the movie thing, right? But anytime Donald has been approached about it, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We're talking," and all this other stuff. And Kathleen Kennedy's been like, "It's happening," <laughs> and so it's been uh, kind of interesting back and forth between let me, on let that me ask project. you guys let me ask you guys this question out of the other movies besides um the ray movie and the mando movie which one if you could push a button that says that's definitely happening which director or whatever which one do you do you uh guarantee right besides favreau the, no and... besides favreau and the ray movie besides those two okay we so think those are slotted into mangold sean levy taika, taika. Ryan Johnson and Lando and Lando. Um, isn't there I'm going to say Sean Levy. Yeah. I feel like Deadpool three is going to like kill it. I hope so. I've heard good things, but I mean, if you guys are, once you guys are good, I can read through an updated list of what's presumed to be working on for star Wars. Cause I know it's going to be a little messy. Ha, ha, quickly. Have I already, did I already say that I think I'm more confident in the Sean Levy than the mangled? No, Probably. I'm more confident in the mangled. Right. Mm. I mm. believe you have said mangled in the past. 
Right. I'm yeah. saying I'm more confident in Sean Levy than Mangold at this point. I think Mangold's got a lot of stuff going on. All right. So you got a list? Yeah. So this is according to um, January 25th, 2024. This okay. is from IGN to give mm-hmm. a source. Um, so upcoming this year is Star Wars Skeleton Crew TV series, Star Wars The Acolyte TV series, Star Wars The Bad Batch, which we already know, Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, Star Wars Andor Season 2, Star Wars Ahsoka Season 2. It says possibly 2024 in parentheses for Andor. It says it won't be, but I'm just reading what it says. So then we have Ahsoka uh, Season 2, parentheses in development. And then now we're getting into the in development stuff. So we have Ahsoka Season 2, Taika Waititi Star Wars, James Mangold's Dawn of the Jedi movie, Dave Filoni's Mandoverse New Republic movie, uh, Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy's New Jedi Order movie, John Favreau's The Mandalorian and Grogu movie, Star Wars Rogue Squadron movie, Status Unknown, parenthesis. The Mandalorian Season 4, Book of Boba Fett Season 2, Status Unknown. Star Wars Lando movie, Status Unknown. Star Wars Rangers of the New Republic, presumed canceled. Uh, Unentitled (laughs) J.D. Dillard, Matt Owens movie, presumed canceled. Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy, presumed canceled. Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie, canceled. I love that I'm doing this. People on audio can't see. I'm making prints. <laughs> yeah, just making prints. Uh, David Be- <laughs> Benioff and D.B. Weiss Star Wars movies canceled. So that's where we're at. This doesn't mention, by the way, I'm going to throw this out there, IGN. Get it together. Doesn't mention Visions or any Lego stuff um, mm-hmm. or Droid Story, which is presumed canceled. <laughs> yeah. Droid <laughs> Story. Well, J.D. Dillard said they like it didn't work out. So he, that, that well, I is, think that's why they're saying presumed. I think <laughs> I don't know what the difference canceled. between canceled is presumed. How, how do we do? In, like you did parentheses. Do I do this to cross out presumed? Just go like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so unreleased like, deleted scenes with uh, Matt as Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. So what's coming this year? Skeleton Crew, Acolyte, Bad Batch, Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, I think I'm most excited for Skeleton Crew to be honest, followed by Acolyte. That's just me. Oh, I'm flipped on that. I think I'm Me Acolyte too. and then Skeleton Crew. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited for both, though. I, I, of I course, really am. Of course. Yeah. Acolyte, I, I feel like, um, is going to benefit from subdued hype because people like aren't talking about it enough where general Star Wars fans are catching it. I bet a lot of people, if I ask my brother, he probably has no idea it exists. And then mm-hmm. I think when it comes out, it's going to be visually great because it's uh you know uh actual sets and and all that location stuff but also i think based on the footage we saw at celebration it just looks legit and i like the cat and mouse element that they're doing the detective story and it's focusing on the sith it's just a very intriguing thing and i think it's laying in the weeds and it's going to sort of be like how people felt about maybe andor you know people didn't talk a lot about andor then it came out and people loved it so I, I, I'm very interested about the Acolyte and I hope we get a trailer by like May 4th on that because I don't think they're going to overlap that show with Bad Batch so I don't think that's coming out until they did for Andor summer yeah I don't know they did that for Andor if you remember there was um, I think like three weeks maybe where there were episodes of a live action TV show coming out at the same time as, as Bad oh, Match. Oh, did they? Okay. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like stuck because I was like, can you guys do these? Because I'm like having to watch both. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's interesting. But uh, I think we'll get I don't think we're you, neither of you think we're getting any kind of like Super Bowl live action Star Wars promotion, right? Depends how much money Disney wants to spend. And I mean, an isolated, this is a trailer for this, right. not a Disney Plus thing that shows a lightsaber for six seconds. That's what I think will happen, actually. I do think that Disney Plus will run an ad for the Super Bowl, and in that Super Bowl, it'll show like, hey, new year, this is what's coming, and that will probably be, there will actually probably be a live-action shot of both Acolyte and uh, Skeleton Crew. I agree with James, and John's not going to like my reasoning, Uh because I think that they're going to market for the Super Bowl because Taylor Swift's going to be there. And Taylor Swift has, over the course of her being a part of the NFL, has raised like $333.5 million yeah, worth like of advertising. Million, yeah. So if they're trying to get that audience, which is young girls, young people, and you know women, they're going to advertise during the time that Taylor's there. Mm. Yeah, it could be. I mean, the Super Bowl needs it because the ratings are terrible for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, they've already talked. This is obviously separate, but they've already talked about Taylor like performing next year at the Super Bowl. So yeah. we will I think see. Performers, I I could be wrong, but I think it's I think the performers pay to do the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah, they don't yeah. they don't get paid to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I'm kidding. Obviously, the Super Bowl ratings are insane every year, but. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's certainly possible. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with that. But, um, what well, I mean, what else? What else in Star Wars, uh, that we want to touch on here before we get to some Ask the Resistance? I do have a list of books. We have quite, quite a few books coming out, uh, that range from young adult to short story collection, um, High Republic, Essential Legends collection, art book. We were book. sent a book too, weren't we? Just today, we, I think, yeah. Today we were asked to be sent a book, yes, which mm -hmm. we were working on. But uh, middle grade novel and much more. So we have things starting in February, coming out March, April, May, June, August, September. And I can read through them if you want, or if there's a certain topic you want to discuss, maybe High Republic. I'm, is this the end of High Republic? We're in phase? phase three, so I don't know if there's more. There's more phases. They've never said that there isn't, but there wow. they haven't said that there is. I'm gonna need a crash course, like because of all. Yeah, I mean, there's some good books out there, like um, including the timeline stuff that you know Clayton worked on. That book has a pretty good, like, straightforward, like this happened, this happened, this happened, but only up until phase two, I imagine. Like, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, when it comes to the High Republic stuff, it really, they've put so much into that, that it almost does feel like there's a little bit of a, an empty place for the rest of the books, but we've been getting those books for so long. It's fine to take a breather from them for a long time, but when we've been in High Republic mode for so long, it does kind of feel like, man, where's, where's our book about like Luke Skywalker doing thing, you know, or where's our book about Obi-Wan and Anakin on an adventure when he was a teenager, you know, or something like it kind of makes you miss that a little bit. Um, I guess you could say I'm excited to get back to it, but I also don't, I don't want to run into that thing where for the next 40 years, we've been writing 
so many stories about Luke Skywalker that it's impossible for him to have even lived this many adventures, you know? Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So it, it is cool when they take breaks and they do like the High Republican stuff. It's just it got like the book stuff for me, man, got so heavy. I just couldn't do it anymore. Couldn't I do have to kind of correct a little bit what I had said because I was reading dates from when things are coming out. A lot of the books coming out this year are reprints, novel reprints. Oh, so, okay. Um, new book wise, they have the Glass Abyss, which is the Mace Windu book coming out from yeah, Stephen that is Barnes. That's a cool cover. Yep. So they they're doing reprints of like Dark Disciple, A New Dawn, Catalyst, a Rogue One novel, Rogue One, a Star Wars story reprint. Um, they do have the High Republic Temptation of the Force coming out. Um, another reprint of the Lando Calrissian adventures. Um, but yeah, there, there's a ton of stories coming out and they're doing a reprint of the queen series with Padme paperback box set. It's just, there's so much, like John was saying, it's hard to keep up with it all. And personally, I know John feels this way is that I love the art ones the most. Yeah. Um, because I like to see the progression of the story and production with the, with like the Mandalorian and the movies, especially. So mm. I really hope that once we do get these new movies and shows like the Acolytus would be so epic of like how they came up with these concepts and like That's, where the story yeah. started, went and ended up. Cause oftentimes we see these really cool things in the art books that don't make it into the movie or make it into a different movie. And we have reference to that, which is always super cool. Yeah. And it's a, your own little like Easter egg in a way, but I love the art books. I love the making of books. Obviously, you know, the old school Rinsler ones, but things that they've come out with since. Uh, non The nonfiction Star Wars stuff, um, s- specifically things that give you insight into how they made these things, is my, that's my bread and butter for Star Wars books. I have, I, for whatever reason, I've always had a hard time reading uh, fictional Star Wars stories. I, I don't know why. I, I need to see star wars that's just how i've been um but uh yeah so we we talked toys we talked shows we talked movies we talked books now what do we say we hear from the resistance a little bit we can we didn't really talk about video games oh right out they i didn't come out about outlaws they have a trailer coming or something like that am i wrong on that? Uh, I thought- i'm not sure about that the the one thing that i want to say about video games is that the Jedi series has just been so unbelievably well received among Star Wars fans, but among video game fans as well. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all hope that something like Outlaws is going to do the same. But video games are are almost kind of hard to talk about because they take so long to develop. Um, they almost yeah. like give us clues about the games further out than the actual release. Um, then maybe even like the movies, you know, they're like, we're doing this game. And then we don't hear about anything until like a couple months before the game comes out. And then it's just like everywhere. But the thing about video games too, especially, uh, you know, like, um, like the battlefront games, because they're replayable, um, people just play them and play them and play them and play them and play them. And a lot of times, once you wear out the initial players, you get to like a core audience that's just like consistently playing that game until the next one comes out. And so it's yeah. like that that the Star Wars gaming community, like 
is always constant, but they're not looking for something new. They're just constantly playing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and I think that the Fallen Order, or well, I should say the Jedi series, is so well received. I can't possibly imagine them not doing more. Um, and I also can't possibly imagine them not going live action somehow with that character. It And it really makes me wonder, like I can, it makes me wonder they've put a lot into High Republic, but I can almost see I'm like, okay, but we kind of want to keep that here. But video games do such a good job at feeling like live action. And, mm-hmm. and when you're playing those characters, you are so invested in the trajectory of that that uh, character's story because it's you're not watching that person walk to that rock or that door or whatever. You are pushing the button. You're choosing whether he goes left, right, or walks right through that door. And so when things happen to those characters, people feel personally invested in them. So I think that the the video game audience who really likes those games would support and watch and be so invested in any television show that comes to uh, Disney plus or a movie that comes to theaters. Um, and that's outside of the general star Wars fans, people who liked the game because it was great. Um, like mass effect. If they make a mass effect movie, they would go see it. You know, um, they don't have to watch all star Wars stuff. That's a, that's an audience that they can pull in because they've already tapped into it so well in the video game world. I have yeah. high hopes for star Wars video games to do, more like that um, and then use that as a platform to jump into um, more could be a bigger audience. Yeah, I can give a quick update from uh, gamesradar.com did a list of the upcoming Star Wars games. Every new Star Wars game announced so far. And this is as of January 10th of this year. So we have Star Wars Outlaws, which is has not been released yet. It is supposed to be released this year. No release date yet. It's from Ubisoft. We have Star Wars Hunters, mm-hmm. um, which, which has been, been pushed a, back. Yes, which does not times. have a release date yet. Uh, it's for Nintendo Switch, Android, iOS. Uh, we have Respawn Star Wars FPS game, which has not been announced when it's coming out, but just been revealed in January 2022. We have Respawn Star Wars strategy game, which has not been announced yet. Uh, date wise, we have Star Wars Eclipse, which has been pushed back. It was first announced in 2021 and then was delayed. Might as well call it a Ryan Johnson game. <laughs> yeah. Knights happening. of the Old Republic remake is to be announced. Um, people are looking forward to that. We have Amy Hennig's Star Wars game, which is another game that has been discussed, but is in the works from Skydance New Media in can, collaboration. Can we go with back Xbox one more? Games. Sure. Go back to Knights of the Old Republic. Yes, because what was the status you put it as? Waiting they to be announced? They don't have it waiting to be announced, yeah. So my understanding of that is that it already has been announced, then it was canceled, and then the, the place that we're at right now is the people that were working on it were like, hey, there may still be hope with this, and sort of gave like a, an answer like, wait and see, because there may be like That's been KOTOR forever. So I know, they, I know. what they said was there's a brief teaser revealed so far. We don't have a release date and a recent report from Bloomberg claimed that the project has been delayed indefinitely. Oof. I think that's where we're currently at, except for the mm-hmm. fact that somebody, I don't know, president of so-and-so or whatever has also stated like, stay tuned because 
that might not be um, dead. Which which do you guys know which of the Star Wars games is going to be the open world one? Which is like the GTA Outlaws. type? Where you, that's Outlaws, where you mm-hmm. like go anywhere you want. That's my understanding. It should be that, yeah. Oh, all right. That's kind of cool. like a make your own adventure type thing. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that. I mean, yeah. and, and to be clear, GTA has a story, so it will yeah, still yeah. have a story, but. Yeah, but you will probably be more able to kind of move around. Yeah, so Star Wars Outlaws has been described as this open world Star Wars game is set to arrive in 2024. And as our first look was the incredibly impressive showcasing of a grimier look at the galaxy far, far away than we're typically accustomed to seeing. Interestingly, it also appeared to be set during the original trilogy. They said that they should get a full look of gameplay at the Ubisoft Forward 2023 uh, on June 12th. I want to get uh, five stars on me in the Death Star or like on Canto Bite. <laughs> I think they linked to 2023, but they meant 2024. But. <laughs> I was going to say that I th- that either didn't happen or whatever, but 2024 in June. Uh, I mean, I want to see more. I mean, it, it looks like a game that like could be really, really cool. And again, like I said before, like Jedi, just pull people in to be like, what? It's like GTA, but it's Star Wars. Yes, sign me up. And then they'll just play it. Love the characters, love the world. And I like her little cre- creature that she has. Mm-hmm. And a, by the way, Eclipse looks great, but it's just not going to happen. There's just too much around it. They keep pushing it back. I mean, the last we heard was 2027 or 2028. And that just to me was just like, oh, that's it. Nail in the coffin. That's not yeah. happening. Or they're just not. I'm really it. surprised they released as much as they did, like the logo, a trailer, all this stuff. And it, it wasn't even it hadn't even like started production or something. Like, how do you have that much going for you and you haven't even started? It's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but for once, I actually listed out everything that's coming. So you're welcome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that's good. I think about that every time and I never do it. And I'm so glad you did. And Lacey, that list just changed as you said that. So it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Lucas right. just made a new announcement. Where now? Okay. Uh, do we want to get into questions? Yeah, I think it's time for Ask the Resistance. Yeah, let's fire up. Ask the Resistance. I've been wondering, what are midi chlorians? All right. Now, Lacey, I know we had a couple of super chats uh, before, including the yeah, the one with the question. Do we want to do the other two super chats we got first? Uh, let's start with Freezy because I, I pushed him off first. So I feel like. All right, Freeze. Uh, so Freezy asked us, and thank you for the super chat, Freezy. Mm-hmm. You jumped over everybody. Uh, and uh, also got a cool picture with uh, Mark Hamill. Um, he asked, when Luke looked in Ben's mind in The Last Jedi, do you think he saw him killing Han? So he's referring to the flashback of when he thought about killing mm. Ben. Mm-hmm. Do you think he saw him killing Han? I'm still trying to validate Luke's behavior in that movie. TRB, you guys rule. Thank you, Freezy. That's very nice. I appreciate it. Um I'm not starting with this one. So one of you can start with that one. I, this is a great thought. Not that, you know, people are dying freezy, but it's an interesting thought in the story itself because Luke says something along the lines of, I saw him destroying everything I hold dear. That the only thing that would be would be his friends and his, his family and who he cares about. Um, so they don't explicitly say that that's what he sees, either both in the novelization or in the movie. Um, 
but I would be tempted to look back and see if there's any kind of sound design tricks there that you might hear stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because they tend to do that sneakily in the background that like, oh, they hint at it. But I would say that this is a pretty good assumption that he saw that he was going to kill Han or that he saw Leia in pain um, because it's similar to Empire Strikes Back. Like the way he feels them in pain. And saw he, in the clouds. Yeah. Yeah. He sees glimpses of what could happen. It's basically a callback to that. Um, so I would say yes. I don't see why not. And I think that if they don't explicitly say it, you can definitely lean towards this or hint at it or assume. Hmm. Man. Yeah, I was going to say no, but Lacey kind of convinced me um, considering like the way that they would do something like that or the way that they would sort of envision it, especially with Ryan Johnson coming off of the Force Awakens. He could sort of explain like in his mind when he's writing this, like he, he was standing over Ben and, you know, all this. And I don't know, man. Um, my reasoning for saying no, what I was going to say was that when Ray and Chewie first show up to talk to Luke, he says, where's Han? Like as if there's no, he doesn't even have any sort of inkling that something bad could have happened to him. So that moment would, would, would be so surprising that anything could have happened to Han. Um, but or, if he had if he had seen it in a foreshadow or something, I feel like he would be more willing to be either def- defending of it. Um, I I kind of just I always sort of took it just like he didn't see anything specific, though Lacey was convincing me. I always took it as like he could just he understood darkness and evil, and he's like, oh my gosh, that's bad. Um, and not well, necessarily like visions of the future, but you might be right on that. I'm going to co-sign what Lacey said. I think that was a good mm-hmm. answer, but it could actually, be what, like what Ray had where so many things flash at once that he just doesn't remember, but you never know. Yeah. And it could have just been an overall sense of darkness too, which was my sure. initial thought. But I, I mean, I'm cool to lean that way, but on the flip side to your point, James, he could have been like, where's Han as in saying like, I was right. Like, oh my I, God. Yeah, I also like, considered that too. Like, he's like... Uh, like, wait a minute, where's Han? Oh my God, the premonition. Like, if, you know, like so. if I had a dream that like someone close to me died in a car wreck and then the next day all my friends come in except for that person and they should be there, I'd be like, where's that person? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. having a moment reaction to it. So maybe my reasoning for saying no might actually give more reason to yes. So... Good, good thoughts. Very interesting and a great question. Thank you, Freezy. Um, all right. Super chats. Uh, am I reading these? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right. David Ford, uh, son of Harrison, chimes in. Thank you, David Ford. Mm-hmm. Thank you, David Ford. Said, kicked out of five guys for sitting there and just eating peanuts. Told them all about TRB while they escorted me out. <laughs> Thank you so much. You wild, David. You wild for that one. He is wild. Uh, another David, this one of the Probus variety, chimes in. Thank you very much, David. Um, if you are a patron of TRB, we did a podcast with David over there on our Patreon. So head to uh, our Patreon and check it out. We had some nice, fun, and spicy discussions with our man oh, here. And he said, did. 
He said, my TRB fam, James, glad you're doing better. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be doing better myself. Uh, and now let's get into some questions. We're going to start off with Kenny Crayley. And Kenny said, hey, TRB, love you guys and your content. Thank you, Kenny. And he said, my question is, do you think it was a good move to this day by Lucasfilm in 2014 to decanonize the expanded universe to become legends? Kenny, it was never canon. And that's that's it, unfortunately. Yeah, George Lucas, uh, there was even that video still going that makes the rounds a lot about Filoni clarifying that, that George Lucas never saw that as canon. So they renamed it Legends, but it was always uh, this... Um, like these tall tales that are, are not really part of the, the canon story. Uh, doesn't mm-hmm. mean they're not great, but that's how it is being understood. But thank you, Kenny. Appreciate it. I wonder I wonder if a, like <laughs> retroactively, if a better way for them to have come out on stage, I don't know if they even said it on stage or this, whatever the press release was or whatever, and they said, and from now on, uh, the only things that are going to be canon are what is typically considered G canon and everything that Disney puts out from now on will also be considered G canon. What's G which would not George canon. That's like that. That was the one that was at the upper tier of the expanded universe because there were all these different tiers. So there was like, if I'm not mistaken, I don't actually know for sure, but it was like, S canon, A canon, B canon, D canon, you know, and it's sort of like this thing, but there was the, the top tier one, which was G canon, which was if George worked on it or whatever. I know it's dumb, but what I'm saying is, and they, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, I what know they it's dumb, said, but hear me out. <laughs> I, I mean, I understand the purpose of it because they wanted to tell stories that didn't match with other canon, but they were yeah. like, well, we can do it. So we'll tell the stories, but we'll sort it. But fans are going to write out like how they think fit things fit together. But what was upsetting to everybody is they sort of stated it as all of that other stuff, not real anymore, doesn't count. And what they probably should have said is that everything that we put out is going to fall within this canonical system. I, I just think Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni painted it very clear. is still not canon to our canon, but is still a real thing. And we're not dismissing it. Why, why are we doing this it. when it's just, hey, just to be clear, never canon, still not canon. Onward we go. How about that? <laughs> I just think that makes people mad, and it did. Well, it's the truth, though. It, 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 it came from George Lucas. I mean, what are people mad about? Right, right, right. I, like, but, what a blame Disney for it, but that means they're falsely informed. It's George Lucas. It wasn't Disney. Disney did not erase anything. Yeah. George Lucas just never acknowledged it as his canon. I don't understand why people... And he like, hates Mara Jade, which people don't like to talk about. They don't like that either. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get on to uh, Semperfy Danny who asked, uh, we'll do two more, including this one. Will Lucasfilm be brave and pair Ray with someone romantically? Uh, if uh, Finn, Poe, Ben, or otherwise, if she is remaking the Jedi Order, is it time to allow relationships going forward? Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Will I they think they should. Enough? Yeah. Will they be brave enough? I, I think they should. I, I don't think there's any reason why Ray shouldn't be able to find love or have love in her life. 
Right. Um, I think Star Wars as a whole needs more romance. I think Hollywood as a whole needs more romance, but we'll get back to that later. I think romance is something that is completely underutilized and is an easy moneymaker for a lot of studios. You have celebrities, including Daisy Ridley herself, when she left Star Wars saying that she wanted to do a rom-com. Like that wanted to be her first project out of Star Wars. So I don't know why they have been kind of moving away from that. And I agree with John when he often says that Solo should have leaned into the romance between Kira and Han more, which they did not do. Um, so yeah. I'm going to say yes. I think they will pair Ray with someone romantically. I don't want it to be Finn or Poe because I just think that they're buddies. And I, 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 yeah. I not that they can't be paired because if they were, I'd probably love it. I just currently can't picture that because I think that they have a very kind of like family relationship and they're like right. her buddies. Um, but I don't understand why they couldn't pair with someone new. I think that would be a great way to introduce a new character into Ray's story um, to have her. And romance. it's 15 years later. Like they right. may, we may, we may like start this movie where she's like already well into this relationship. It doesn't have to be like she meets this person in this movie. A hundred percent. And I also am one of the people that strongly believes, which came up at our London celebration panel, which I didn't even consider, which is Ray could have a family. Right. Uh, that is a total another possibility. That would be, that, that would, would be a be cool awesome. surprise to save for the movie, like hide it in the trailers yeah. and then start off the movie where these kids run up and hug Ray. And we're all like, Whoa. I'd love that. I'd really love that. So Danny, and Mark, because I know Mark is watching as well. Hey, Mark. Uh, I would say that, yes, I think they will be brave enough to do it. And mm -hmm. I think that um, her way of remaking the Jedi Order doesn't have to be a one-on-one -on -one thing. Like, I'm a Jedi. I can't have any relationships. Attachment's bad. I think what we've learned is that's not the case, necessarily. Um and that they can allow for relationships moving forward and that it's actually healthy to have love and support in your life. Well, um, man, this one's tricky for me. Cause I, I feel, I feel very opposite from the, the usual fan, which makes me think that this question is sort of flawed in the sense that will Lucasfilm be brave and pair Ray with someone romantically? I think that's the easy thing. I think that's exactly what they're going to do. I think the question would be, will Lucasfilm be brave and stick to George's idea of what a Jedi is? Mm. So I think that they probably will go this route and they'll probably give her a family and a romantic partner and all this other stuff. And I feel like that's not the way I'd like to see it, but it seems very like the or like reading the room, the reading the fan base. This is what fans want, and this is probably that's probably the direction that they'll go. Yeah. Um, but I think to me, what feels more right or would feel more brave is to what did he say? He said Jedi are boring. Remember when he says it all the time? He says the Jedi are boring and then people get mad in the comments and they're like, John, Jedis aren't boring. Nobody's calling Obi-Wan Kenobi to hang out. I'm, I'm, it's, 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 come on. All I'm saying is <laughs> within the story, and I don't mean to cut you off, James, within the story, mm. when Rey has kids and or a love interest, it adds more risk for her. Yeah. That there's oh, yeah. something coming. If she has children involved, she's going to work harder and you know, get involved again to save whatever she needs to save. And, also, and I don't give Go a ahead. different perspective on Ray too. Yeah, I I just feel like 
as a whole, I, I said it before, I'll say it again, like Hollywood is not leaning into romance enough. And I think that that's a very basic human nature thing that we all want to be loved and supported and be part of a community. But like more than that, like find our other person. And mm -hmm. I think that they aren't doing that enough. But James, I understand what you're saying where that that is what the Jedi are. That's what George pictured is like, there yeah. are no attachments. So why would you then move away from that? Um, so it's true. I, to be clear, I do want more romance in Star Wars. I'm like a hundred percent. They need to do that. They've been missing it. We've been, as a podcast. I think the three of us have been very aware of that and pushing that for a while now. I want there to be romance in this movie and all the other movies. That's that's great. Mm -hmm. I'm just a little bit tied to some like not like it belongs to me, like the Jedi religion or I'm a Jedi or anything along those lines. But it does make me feel like, hey, if you're going to be a Jedi, then don't break the rules. <laughs> sure. <laughs> don't change the rules um, because and it doesn't even feel like she I mean, there could be an argument and I'd be down with that. She wants belonging in a family and all this other stuff. I, I actually do sort of understand that, but it, it feels to me like the reason we're sort of changing this, um, is of, because of a fan base decision of, uh, like people thinking, you know, Anakin would have been so much better if he just would have been allowed to have the relationship with, um, Padme. And I'm like, I don't think that's right. But um, I don't think that's the thing that like really caused all the problems. So well, now we're getting that, that's me personally. Here. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Let us go to our last one by Tom Favada. Hey, Tom. Uh, Tom said, do you think Lucasfilm would hold any cards from the fandom on movie development to create hype? Now, I assume he means keep us in the dark. Hold, hold any projects back. Like if they have them out on a desk, they're putting one to the side. To create hype? Hmm. Like, do you think they'd hold any projects to, um, yeah, to, to get people excited? Do you think they're holding like on to Like keep anything? something secret, film it, and then like put it out as a big thing. Like, boom, this is coming next year. I, yeah, I can yeah, tell you they I mean? do that all the time. That's how they operate. Yeah, I feel I yeah, I feel like that's like part of their problem, actually. It's, uh, so <laughs> and I, that's not I, just I, them, that's Disney. Disney likes I, to do that. I hope they go back to you know the old school ways, not necessarily like the original Star Wars where the novelization came out literally before <laughs> the movie came out, or Mark Hamill sharing his script with his roommates, or you know, that sort of thing. I I but, recently but like, also found out too the Revenge of the Sith video game came out before the movie. Yes, yes, I'm and like, had an alternate ending and what? Um, <laughs> but well, that we we sort of know how that story was ending, so that's a bit I different. know. But but it was like, but Revenge yeah. of the Sith filming, they had a camera on set that fans who were part of the you know buy in on on StarWars.com were able to like watch them you know do stuff. I think they need to be a little more transparent with the fandom because uh, like with anything, you know, info is going to get out there one way or the other. They need to control that. And I think it, it you're not like I understand they love the theatrics of the reveal and the surprise and all that stuff. But you can pull it back a bit and let fans in a bit more to create that hype. So, Tom, I guess my answer is I think it will create more hype 
by giving fans more nuggets of information so that one, we're not creating false expectations as a fandom. Two, we're not getting information from other sources, non-official sources that may or may not be true, which will alter our perception and our expectations. Meet us a bit. Tell me what the premise of the Ray movie is. Tell me who's in it before I get it from, you know, disgusting film or whatever, you know? Uh, so I think to create hype in this day and age, control it yourself and release certain amounts of information more than you had in the past. How about that? Yeah, that's fair. I, I want exactly what John said, except I don't want it right now. I want Lucasfilm and Disney to be confident, get their head on straight, know exactly oh, yeah. what they're doing first, then start giving us that information and letting us in and showing us the, how the production is going and all this other stuff. Because if they did it now, I feel like we'd be even more aware of projects that are getting picked up and canceled and all sorts of other stuff. Right. And I, I want them to just know their place, know exactly what they're doing, feel very confident. And then when they start working on that thing, see it through, follow through and let us in on the process. Yeah. Um, anything else on that one? Lacey? Nope. Yeah. All right. Uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, so we want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of the resistance. Whether you joined us live, thank you for contributing to the show, being a part of the chat and having a good time. Or if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, I saw somebody tell us that they were Joe Ritchie. He said he was cleaning his house while he was listening to TRB. So you're welcome, Ritchie family. We were there to help Joe <laughs> along. But uh, thank you all so much, however you take in TRB. And don't forget, we do have uh, additional content on our Patreon. If you want to support TRB, it starts at five bucks a month. Go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. That's patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Sign up. We are just starting some planning behind the scenes of where we are moving forward. And we have a lot of cool stuff on there, including bonus episodes. We have polls, poll discussions, uh, bonus questions, commentaries, a lot of stuff on our Patreon. Uh, so go check it out and support the show. We appreciate it very, very much. And spread the word. That's the best way for us to grow. A uh, big shout out uh, before we get out of here to our Patreon generals and spice runners, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Brendan McLaughlin, Sneaky Zebra, Colin Cormier, and Dave Hornack, and the Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and the Fort Worthian. Uh, thank you all so, so, so much. Uh, social media, me, Johnny Hoey on X, and I'm trying to dabble in Blue Sky and and uh, Threads, but also follow us at TRB Podcasts, of course, and uh, I have MoviePod just like the movies on audio platforms. Uh, Lacey, what do you got? People can find me on social media at Lacey Gillerin and on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin, talking about Star Wars and probably rom coms and Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey, who are now going to the Super Bowl. Well, one of them is. One of them will be in the stands. <laughs> yeah, with or without a shirt. Uh, <laughs> James, how about you? Uh, you can find me on social media at Myra Trunks. All right, everybody. We hope you have a wonderful weekend and we'll be back with you on Monday where we're going to do a draft of underrated Star Wars performances. Uh, so stew on that. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.